0: Don't to we gotta call my team back at old not Hole. it's sonic and the freedom fighters sally the princess one of a kind bunny always there to get you out of a bind Rola, the genius looking through the archives it's tails flying fast got dreams sky high one's a jerk it's sonic and the freedom
1: fighters Hey everybody, welcome back to the Archie Sonic Digest. We are back with uh, my good friend who hosted with us on the last episode, Jackal. How you doing, buddy?
0: Doing alright. Really glad to be back. Had, Had a great time doing it last time. Ready to read more Sonic. Always time for more Sonic.
1: It always is time for more Sonic the Hedgehog. And this next set of comics that we got to cover, they are... They are interesting. I alluded in the previous episode that we're going to be covering a pretty infamous comic that uh, one Linkara covered. And uh, that's going to be near the end. That's going to be a treat for you guys who stick up the whole episode. So to start us off real strong-like, we're going to be opening with Knuckles number 7, the Dark Vengeance Trilogy. And with a title like that, only one can assume what could be happening. Who's getting vengeance on? Who's dark? It's all good questions that are fair to
0: ask. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested and was also really confused when I first read this comic. Is like, oh yeah, probably some backstory from a miniseries I haven't looked into yet.
1: Well, that's what this podcast is here for. You don't want to read these comics because they're too long and arduous? I do not blame you. <laughs> But that is why I am here to take on this Herculean task for you and for your uh, clicks and watch time.
0: Now, uh, I was just going to say, we need to get you... We, we need to make this from a podcast to a college course. Go, go teach at your local university.
1: <laughs> uh, maybe I'll pitch this. I'll pitch it to uh, the local university. I believe in you. Now, on that note, the Dark Vengeance Trilogy... The next three comics, written by Ken Penders, art by Manny Galan. So we'll open up on a pair of eyes in the darkness who's calling into a Chaos Emerald for Enerjack, who is seen giving him a path back to the planet from the capsule he was launched to in the space from the miniseries, if you recall. If you're taking notes, this will be on the test. We cut to Dark Legionnaires and Kragok commencing a statue of Dimitri where right at that scene Dmitri phases into existence right at the exact position where the statue is. so it's as if he's like hatching from a cocoon of his own shape, if you will.
0: i've I've got things. I don't know how I feel about this this armor I, I do I, I don't know if I like it I don't know if I don't like it. it's just it's it's so weird. It's so
1: bizarre. It's very rustic and that's the feel that they're trying to go for. But remember, the armor that uh, he's wearing, that was not uh what he had when he like became Enerjack. So, we don't know where he came from. We don't know how he got this armor.
0: Clearly, the Chaos Emerald gave it to him.
1: That's a fair that's a fair fair observation. So, Enerjack looks at the now broken statue and the only thing that remains is his head to which he calls a face from long ago. With Kraagok being surprised like, "Oh wow, I have no idea who you are, but oh, you know Dimitri, he's the one who championed uh, our cause." You know, and then Enerjack responds, "Hey, pull off my mask and check this out." He does, and Kraagok immediately recognizes him as Dimitri and is like, "Holy shit. Um uh, uh we're going to surrender to you immediately. We are now your personal army. Use us for global conquest." Enerjack goes let's go so harsh cut to uh knuckles and julie sue just hanging out knuckles uh trying to talk out his issues if you remember from the last uh couple trilogies from knuckles boy got a lot of uh, info dump and he doesn't really know how to take all of it in to which even going as far as to saying quote i feel like a puppet with someone pulling the strings
0: I feel for Knuckles. I mentioned a lot last episode that I was getting annoyed people were like not telling him enough because obviously he doesn't know what's going on. This boy ain't in control.
1: He's not in control. He really isn't. And that's that's going to be a theme of these comics. These Knuckles comics, things are going to just be happening to Knuckles. And he's going to, at worst, act like a passive observer. But at the same time, even at its worst, it... It feels a little weird when the focal, named protagonist of the comic book is a passive observer to everything that's going on. For example, we will cut in with uh, Julie Sue. She says, like, well, I actually kind of relate to you, you know. I'm a former legionnaire, I defective, but people still don't trust me, even within Echidnopolis. Knuckles suggests they go to find uh, Archimedes for advice. uh, We cut to Archimedes and Deo. In Hawking's office, right as Enerjack projects himself inside Chaos Emerald Energy, looking like, uh, uh Jackal, what's the, what, what's the, the, the big head from Power Rangers? I'm blanking. Oh, Zordon. Zordon! Just like Zordon from Power Rangers. I'm cutting that out from the podcast. I don't want to look like a fool. No, keep it in. Uh, looks and look just like Zordon from Power Rangers. He's projecting himself into, uh, Dem- uh, Archimedes and Deo, and is just like, Yeah, uh, you're, uh, a bit of a flaw in my plan from last time, so he captures them before they can warn Knuckles. We then cut to an Echidna Council meeting, because who doesn't love more of Echidna politics? They're meeting with, uh, General Stryker. He's petitioning the Echidnas to build housing for the now-displaced Dingoes. You know, on account of the fact that, uh, you know, their city was basically overlaid with Echidnaopolis, and, uh, it's now, uh, at best lost to time at worst, completely destroyed through space. You know, normal things that happen to normal people. You know, d-
0: d- Despite the Nazi parallels from last time, it's like, yeah, no, I mean, they did lose their home. This wasn't their fault. See, Let's get them some houses.
1: See, I'm glad you brought up the Nazi allegories, because that's exactly what Ken Penders was going for, but I don't think he does a good job.
0: He really doesn't, because he kind of makes him sympathetic here, and you don't do that with your Nazi allegory.
1: No, I'm not even I'm not even going to go that f- I'm going to take it one step further. Ken Penders is trying to prote- portray like a both-sides-ism here. Like, oh, both sides of them are bad, but as we learn in future episodes, uh, mm, the echidnas might be the aggressors in the situation. Yeah, Ken Penders portraying them as Nazi allegories, Not a good look. Neither for Ken or the uh, dingoes, or even the echidnas. It all is kind of bad, but we're getting ahead of ourselves, unfortunately.
0: Uh, Everybody sucks. Mm. Just like the real world.
1: Uh, The echidnas are arguing that they're working as fast as they can to house them, but Stryker says, hey, you're not working fast enough, and let's be real. If the shoe was on the other foot, the echidnas would be demanding the dingoes for housing, Not asking, demanding, if you know what I'm getting at.
0: Yeah, I do.
1: Then a councilwoman interjects, like, direct quote, Can your kind even be trusted?
0: Oh my god, I read that, and on my notes I'm like, oh boy, racism. My face.
1: I mean, we already got the Nazi allegory, is this any, Yeah. is is this surprising?
0: No, that's why it was typed in a more defeated way than anything else.
1: So Stryker asks, "Well, what can we do to foster peace? How we can better? How can we better relations between our two peoples?" Chairman of the uh, of the council says, "Listen, dingoes, if you lay down your arms, we will consider this the first step towards peace." And Stryker is just like, "You know what? Yep, I agree, hundred percent. We will take down our arms." Honor system. Hey, what's up behind your back? Right behind his back is, is a little finger crossed voice. <laughs> it's a little it's a little sus. Which look. I know we've been talking a little bit about the weird allegories, but I'm going to be honest. Just talking from, like, a political standpoint, you do not want to lay down your arms when your enemy says so. Even, especially as, like, a peace negotiation. Because that's a yeah. little, like, uh, you, what are you talking about?
0: You yeah, know, I agree. Like, when they're like, yeah, lay down your arms, it's like, well, what's to stop you guys from attacking them? Like, no. Yeah,
1: you're leaving them defenseless.
0: Like. Like, you,
1: they really have
0: no reason to lay down their arms here.
1: Yeah, especially considering that they are effectively surrounded by enemy territory in their perspective. Right. Yeah, sure, they don't have much to work on. But at the same time, like, this is, like, a little suspicious. So, am I saying he's, like, wrong to do the whole, like, takesies-backsies thing? Uh, not really. He's not in the right 100%, but he's not in the wrong 100%. I don't know man. Yo,
0: know, maybe they maybe they were like, you know, lay down some of your arms. I'm not gonna ask you to completely make yourselves defenseless, but like
1: Just like get rid of like a little bit of your weapons. Like Right. Don't nuke us.
0: Yeah, like get rid of the nukes. Get rid of the nukes. Oh yes, get rid of the nukes.
1: So on that note. Julie, Sue, and Knuckles are scourging around the lava reef zone. Remember that from the video games? Remember that these comics are based off a video game?
0: This don't look like any lava reef zone I've ever been in.
1: They find another fire ant, and he's asking where uh, Archimedes is. The guy says, look, I haven't heard anything from him or Dale. Literally nothing. This is not normal. Something bad might have happened. Uh, back in Echinopolis, Laura Lee, Knuckles' mother, if you need a refresher, is crying over the fact that she wasn't as involved in Knuckles' childhood as she wanted to be. And because of that, she thinks Knuckles hates her. And uh, Windmacer is consoling her. Saying that, look, you didn't really know what you were getting into. You were marrying what was essentially into a kidna royalty, and you played part in its proceedings. Direct quote. Which is very insightful, but a little distressing to hear that. Laura Lee, like, she agreed, like, yeah, I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but I didn't think it'd be like this.
0: Yeah, no, this, this, these two pages kind of made me really uncomfortable. Especially, like, everything about his mom. I don't know how to put it into words in this case. So Something didn't sit right, and I can't figure out what. Also, who is, actually, now that I think about it, who is Win Macer? He's calling her darling. Uh, that she? Di-
1: uh, yeah, she divorced Knuckles' dad. Uh, yeah, divorced, I guess is the best way to put it, or separated.
0: So, I mean, spoilers for a couple, um, I think one of the next comics, he, she mentions that he's his, her ex-husband. I'm like, wait, when did the divorce happen?
1: It was off-screen. Don't worry about it. Okay.
0: Okay. So I didn't miss something this time.
1: Yeah. So Windmacer is uh, her new partner. New partner. Okay. I. They're not married. I. Yeah. So okay. Laura Lee, though, she says, you know what? Thanks for this conversation. I think it's time I talk with Knuckles' dad. We now cut back to Knuckles and Julie Sue are in a forest. They're called Rainbow Valley, the home of the chameleons, and our boy Espio. Knuckles, uh, climbs up an invisible ladder to find S.P.O.'s home, where he finds it ransacked and left abandoned. Meanwhile, Locke is taking care of Hawking in a hospice, with Locke's dad complaining that he hasn't rested in days and you need to take a break. Locke is like, no, you need to take a break, I'm good. Right then and there, Hawking has a heart attack? Like, it's seen on screen, like, you know the little, like, heart rate monitors? Just going wild. Just going wild. And Locke is like, okay... Our machines are like way too strong. They might accidentally kill him if we use them. So I'm going to use my guardian powers to create a psychic link with Hawking and try to bring him back.
0: <laughs> and I mean <laughs> bring him back. I, I, I read this and I had to do a double take like, uh, wait, what? We now are in a scene of
1: like weird cosmic energy, like a whole galaxy in the background and everything. Locke is just looking around for Hawking. Do not go into the great beyond. <laughs> Hawking responds with, Haven't I done enough in this lifetime? The man is literally asking to die. <laughs> please, please, I'm tired of this shit. Let me leave. And you know what? He's earned it. The man's lived for over 200 years. I think he's well past due.
0: Uh, average lifespan of an is 10 years. This man has literally lived like 20 lifetimes. Let Let him sleep. Yeah, yeah, uh,
1: meanwhile, Julie Sue is scaling a cliffside with Knuckles waiting for at the top, finding yet another abandoned house. Uh, we cut to see Kragok walking in on Enerjack meditating, saying, quote, he will spring a trap on his accursed descendant. While scouting the empty house, Knuckles thinks the danger is right below and jumps down the cliff with Julie Sue following him by... Jumping while he's gliding, he she's like grappling his ankles, screaming at the top of her lungs. I don't want to say it's funny, but it is a little
0: funny. It's a little funny. It's a little funny. So, so uh, pause for a second, because there's something I want to fu- understand. Is, is Knuckles the only one... Like, is it a guardian power to be able to climb cliffs like he does and glide? It might not be a guardian power, but it's something Knuckles can do. Okay.
1: Or in fact... Maybe it is a guardian power, because there are, I think I've seen other guardians uh, flying around.
0: Because I, I noticed in the one panel, uh, like two pages back, she had to use equipment to climb. And then I remembered that story from last episode, where dude was just straight up flying.
1: Yeah, you know how in the games Knuckles can glide. That's kind of how they interpret it. Close enough, I guess. Close enough. Close enough. We then are being seen that Knuckles and Julie Sue are being tracked via Chaos Emerald. We are led to assume that this is the same guy who called Dimitri back. Uh, and Knuckles points out... Whoever kidnapped the Chaotix has insane power, especially in regards to Mighty. You know, of course, with his super strength and all that. Are they actually that strong? Just Mighty is. There's a reason for that, though. And we'll get to it. He's not a freak of nature. For no reason. Right then and there, lightning strikes at their feet and Enerjack reveals himself. With nowhere to run, man's turning himself like a titan... Enerjack grasped Knuckles in his hand, and that's the last page of uh, Knuckles number seven.
0: Suddenly, giant Enerjack. It's. I mean, he's got Chaos Emerald powers, right? That that checks out.
1: I, I guess think. so. You you know, we never really know exactly what Chaos Emeralds can do. They they're just like a MacGuffin that just does whatever we need them to do. Only consistent thing is that Sonic and the boys can go super with it.
0: To be completely fair, it's not like that isn't the case in the games, too. True? Kind of. Like, like, they don't do weird stuff with it, but I mean, like, you know, starting with SA2, it's like, oh, yeah, we can now freeze time. Sonic 06, we can use them to time travel. Like, I mean, yes, they're all time related, but...
1: No, I mean, you're right. That I guess that is consistent with the lore. You
0: know, maybe they just haven't tapped into them the right way in the games.
1: <clears throat> True. Without any delay, Knuckles number eight. We open with Knuckles, uh, man's just flown out in space, he's vibin', being spun around by Enerjack. They're on the surface of the moon, with Enerjack saying that Knuckles will pay dearly for what he's done. They have a little bit of a back and forth, uh, Enerjack says that Knuckles is just the latest in a long line of fools, and warps Knuckles away to the bottom of the ocean on Mobius, basically trying to drown the man. We then cut, to see Julie Sue in Craigock's office, with her reporting back, basically saying, hey, I was with Knuckles, this is what I was happening, and I was only there to find a way back to the Legion, I swear. Okay, I believe you. So does Kragok. He buys the story completely and lets her go, hoping just literally saying that, you know, I kind of hope he's not lying. That's it.
0: She, she wouldn't lie. She wouldn't
1: lie. No. Now, Laura Lee shows up to Remington's office saying that, hey, I need to contact Guardian Locke, can you help me out here? Remington, like, backs up for a second and, and says, like, look, The Echidna police are only supposed to act as liaison to the Guardians. We're not supposed to be contacting them unless it's an emergency. And I'm talking like end of the world emergency. And just like looks back and is like, Les, I know this is his ex-wife and the mother to his son. So is it really within my ranks to break protocol? So while he's mulling that question, we see Knuckles trying to swim up to the surface but then gets entangled by a sea monster that i can only describe as a caco demon with tentacles that's not even exaggerate. it looks oh my like a God, fucking you're ca- right. it looks like a caco demon am i wrong
0: no no you're 100% right now that i actually take a better look at it
1: and uh uh 15 dollar patrons on uh patreon.com says science can see exactly what i'm talking about with the video version of this podcast <clears throat>
0: got a shill, got a shill.
1: we cut back to Locke, waking up from uh, the big pain as i described it Hawking's still in a coma, right as the alarm goes off. Locke and his father go to see the monitors, and see Julie Sue back at work with the Dark Legion, preparing to attack Echidnaopolis. Cut back to Knuckles, freeing himself and emerging from the sea, gasping for air. Enerjack pops in, taunts Knuckles, right as the scene changes, to see the Chaotix were kidnapped by the Legion this whole time.
0: All right, I'm, I'm going to pause just for a split second. This, this has been something that's been bothering me, especially with these last couple issues. They keep jumping. So many different places. Yeah. Like cut to Knuckles. Cut to his mom. Cut back to Knuckles. Cut to Locke. Cut to the Chaotix. Cut back to Knuckles.
1: Yeah, Ken Penders, Uh, to critique him a little bit, not really good at telling like consistent, uh, or not telling good at telling simultaneous events. Let's put it like that.
0: Uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't disagree with that.
1: A lot of this, I understand why he doesn't want to relegate all what's going on in, like, several issues. That's why he's, like, cutting back and forth constantly. But, yeah, I, I noticed that, too. I don't care for that at all. I kind of think no. it's a, a little bit of a detriment, and it's definitely difficult to explain this. Especially in the notes where I have three separate occasions back-to-back. Back, cut to Knuckles, cut to Law, cut to the Chaotix, <laughs> cut to the Dark Legion. I'm like, this is all, like, page by page. One page we see Knuckles, one page we see Lock and all that. It's all really dr- it's grating. It really is grating. I, I have a headache.
0: Yeah, no, I agree.
1: <sighs> Vector is freeing himself, grabs the gun of a nearby spook, and just bunks him over the head with it. Julie Sue then gasses the Chaotix to sleep, as Kragok commends her for it, but demands to, quote, finish them off. Cut to Knuckles! <laughs> and Enerjack! <laughs> They're about twenty-five thousand feet up in the atmosphere of Novius, shivering. Knuckles is like, ah, it's no big deal. I deal with this all the time. It's good, freezing his ass off. I'm fine. Enerjack is a little pissed off at Knuckles taunting him, and then throws him down to the surface of Mobius. Knuckles is as Knuckles is falling, we see Kragok with Archimedes and Deo containing a crystal orb, which is making them unable to teleport. They are then. Put in a box, buried alive in Sandopolis, and saying that the containment field is much stronger like this. Let's just stop and digest a moment that we see an instance of Sonic the Hedgehog characters being buried alive and left for dead. I just want everyone to take that in for a moment. Why not just kill them? See, that would make this a not child friendly comic, because remember, these comics are meant for children who like Sonic the Hedgehog. They are not allowed to say the die word, but apparently they uh, can yes. get away with
0: burying people alive. Clearly, the exact same. Wait, no, I meant completely different.
1: Completely different. Right as Knuckles is about to make contact with just solid rock, he stops right, right in the middle, and Enerjack boasts. This is your last chance to surrender, with the only thing with Knuckles respond to is just blowing a raspberry. <laughs> Which, you know what? In the face of death, I commend for that.
0: I, I, like, I obviously complained about the pacing issues of this comic, uh, but the stuff with Knuckles and Enerjack was actually really enjoyable. I kind of liked seeing, I like Enerjack's personality and seeing uh, just him kind of fucking with Knuckles.
1: Yeah, especially because of the fact that the man has the power of a god, and can easily just kill him. Which he kind of does. He responds with saying, well, if I can't figuratively rip you apart, I'll do it literally. And Enerjack takes Knuckles apart atom by atom. And that ends Knuckles number eight. That's a way to end a comic. That is. The death of the main character. Very bold move, Ken Penders. I'm very... I'm impressed. I am impressed. We move on to Knuckles number nine. Enerjack appears to the Dark Legion, ordering the troops to march to Echidnaopolis and makes a light bridge directly to the place. As they're about to leave, we see the Chaotix, strapped to spikes in the sand and tied, left to die in the desert heat.
0: You know, for kids.
1: Normal people things that normal people write about. As the light bridge shows up, Remington has the whole of the Echidna security force sent to deal with the light bridge, complaining that he doesn't have enough in the force to deal with the issue as he would like. He then gets a call over his comp, and we don't know who's talking to him, but says, what you're proposing is a risky ideal, but with the gu- with the situation that we're in, I think it might be worth to ask. We then learn that the idea was to ask the dingoes for help. Cut back to the desert. Knuckles frees the chaotics and uh, points Uh oh, wait I skipped a little bit. I, I infinitely apologize. Uh, we see Knuckles being put back together and appears in front of a ther. A ther says, uh, this is the work of the ancient walkers. This is a miracle. Blah, blah, blah. You're going back to uh, the Chaotix.
0: I, I can't believe that uh, Donnie Dog ripped off Sonic the Hedgehog. Can't believe it. No, Ken Pender should sue. I- God, please don't. Not again. No, but when I saw these masks, I'm like, did did he get saved by Aku Aku? Is this Crash Bandicoot? So they're baking in the desert heat. Knuckles, uh, then gets some
1: weird interference and thinks it was, uh, Archimedes calling for him. Couldn't really make it out. He digs nearby and frees Archimedes and Deo from their prison. And also Charmy flies out from the same orb. Apparently he was just in there the whole time. And also apparently he can grow and shrink himself at will. That's something that was never explained up until this
0: point. How how strong is Charmy? How strong is he? How, how powerful is this boy? Have we been underestimating him? I mean, I don't know what his power... I don't know what he's capable of.
1: Apparently he's, a, he's the kind of guy who likes to hold his cards until he needs them.
0: We might be doomed. And Charmy might be the final villain. Don't quote me on that.
1: So, we, uh, cut to the Dark Legion. They're storming Echidnopolis, and the Echidna police are just engaging in all-out war. Also, we see dingoes fighting from the rooftop, sniper-style. It's, uh, ki- kind of weird, to be honest. Not because the dingoes and the echidnas are fighting each other, but because they're basically enacting in guerrilla warfare. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, that, that is a little weird. Also, one of the dingoes just kind of the just kinda points a gun to his eye. That That's a little weird.
1: Hey, man, the dingoes are nothing if not brutal. Yeah, fair enough. So they're firing from the rooftops, but the weapons stop working. And then they see Enerjack pop up saying, if they surrender, we'll spare you. He was going to continue, but Enerjack begins to fade away from existence. Julie Sue, who was piloting the car that both Enerjack, her and Craig on, she just immediately floors it jumps out the aircraft, and leaves Kraigok to crash.
0: Oh, she was lying the whole time. Who coulda guessed? Who
1: coulda guessed? Man, I would not like to be Kragok right now. I would feel like a fool.
0: Can't believe it. She lied to me. I trusted her.
1: Enerjack is now warped to the presence of one mammoth mogul, who was the one who directed him back to Mobius in the first place and leads to absorb Enerjack's power of 11 Chaos Emeralds, need I remind you, using the Sword of Acorns.
0: Yeah, yeah, I... That threw me off when they said 11 Chaos Emeralds. Just how many are there?
1: Uh, about... We don't know for sure, but it's in the tens of thousands. On Mobius, by the way. On Mobius, I need to clarify that. Oh no! Leaving Enerjack drained, he falls to the ground as Knuckles catches him, and the Chaotix engage with the Legion. Locke is watching all this unfold, saying quote, "Knuckles has one chance to pull himself out of this before I step in, which let's let's stop for a second. I want to ask, why are you being such a dick? I think Knuckles is handling this situation. like perfectly fine, like what's your problem?
0: Locke's been a dick the entire time.
1: and even and even Locke's dad is like, You know it's not a sin to help your son out, you know." you can, like, you can help him. Which is the only reasonable thing that any character that Ken Penders has ever written has ever said. Why well, do we also mean the Knuckles? I guess his grandfather is more sympathetic. You know, maybe that's not too surprising. But hey, what am I to say? Who am I to say? His way of helping was by contacting the Freedom Fighters saying, oh, the system scrambles will make me look like I'm Knuckles to them so I they won't reveal us to outsiders. Which, by the way... That's what happened in the, uh, last Super Special we covered. So, Remington, uh, comes in with Knuckles, having arrested Kragok and Julie Sue, unknown that Mogul is masterminding the situation. The Freedom Fighters arrive, Knuckles has no clue why they're there, right then and there, though. Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles are warped away as Mammoth Mogul shows up and introduces himself, like, hey, I'm the big bad here, I'm the guy. And that's where Knuckles number nine
0: ends. ha, <laughs> but the storyline isn't over yet.
1: Yes, we finished uh, the usual trilogy that Ken Penders uh, does, but uh, the story still continues on in the main issue, Sonic the Hedgehog number fifty six, written by Kent Taylor, and the art uh, the artwork was done by a half and half team. The first half was done by John Herbert and Harvo. The second half was done by Manny Galan and Jim Amash don't know why they decided to delegate responsibilities like that but that's the that's the deal here. I'm just the news guy I'm the reporter. don't shoot the messenger. So we open with Sonic Tails and Knuckles are stuck on an asteroid. they recall about how Mogul warped them and uh, Knuckles also says, hey uh, this isn't the first time this has happened to me so uh, I get us out just follow me just follow me out here. Also the rock they're standing on seems to be alive. According to tales, it traps Sonic in quicksand, and then tries to punch Knuckles. Then- <laughs> I'm sorry, just the way you said that, it's- and, and then the rock tried to punch Knuckles. The rock tries to punch Knuckles. Like, I can't believe I tried to go on to the next point without realizing how weird a thing I just said. The living rock, the living asteroid, tried to punch Knuckles in the face, and it traps Sonic in quicksand. Yeah, that's a normal thing that normally happens to normal people. That's a completely normal thing. Yes.
0: Even in the realm of Sonic, this is weird.
1: I mean, hey, man, what can I say?
0: What can I say? Uh,
1: in the distance in space, they see a thair, And uh, because of the zone's weird reverse properties, Sonic does a figure eight run in reverse to get reverse momentum and jumps towards a Thayer, then the, who's being sucked into a black hole, as they are as well.
0: C- clearly Sonic understands the properties of a BLJ. He, he can speedrun Mario 64. That's how he knew to do this.
1: You know what? I can't argue with that. Meanwhile, they see Mogul with the power of Dimitri's 11 Chaos Emeralds in addition to his one Chaos Emerald that's embedded in the chest. Forget power of a god. The man's ascended. He now has the power of god and anime on his side. And uh, I-, I guess it's bad anime because he's an evil guy. That wasn't funny. Anyway.
0: uh, (laughs) An attempt was made. I'll give it to you.
1: uh, He dubs himself as Master Mogul and says Sonic Tails and Knuckles have been banished. They're being put away. I will get them later, though, to brainwash them as my warriors uh, in my new world. And the others are useless. So I'm going to kill all of you. A group of the Freedom Fighters, Dingoes, and Fire Ants are just hiding away. They don't know what to do until Mogul finds them and intends to kill them. Right then and there, a portal opens, Sonic and Knuckles break free, attacking Mogul with rings adored on their arms. That's very important, I need you to point that out. Mogul, though, is not impressed and swipes chaos energy at the two of them, trying to take them out. However, the two instead absorb the chaos energy, combined with the rings, grant them their super states, Super Sonic and Hyper Knuckles.
0: So, I'm not a very learned boy when it comes to these comics. Shouldn't Hyper Knuckles be something else? Uh, I need some super emeralds for that.
1: Yes, but they just call it Hyper Knuckles. Technically, it's just Super Knuckles. But they call it Hyper Knuckles. Again, I'm a journalist. I'm a man of my... I have integrity. I have uh, responsibilities. Blah, 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 blah. Whatever the comic's calling it, that's what we're calling it. Hyper Knuckles? Hyper Knuckles. Alright. Mogul is shocked by this because he thought in order to achieve a super state... You needed to actually get the Chaos Emeralds, not just equivalent powers. After being punched through buildings, Mogul sees Aether, recognizes him, and says, Oh, you're responsible for this. You're the reason why this is going out. Aether, tries to bl- or Aether is blasted with Chaos Energy, but it fades through him. He's just an illusion.
0: Can't believe The Last Jedi ripped off Sonic the Hedgehog. Ken Pender should also sue.
1: Definitely, definitely. Sonic and Knuckles punch Mogul again, taking and breaking his staff, but revealing a broken Chaos Emerald embedded in his chest, saying that when the Chaos Emeralds first rained down upon Mobius, it was once a burden, but it eventually gave him power and immortality. So that's where his god complex comes from. Using the power of his, plus Dimitri's 11 Chaos Emeralds, he lets him overtake the mechanisms of the floating island, and launches it into space. As they're being knocked away, uh, Knuckle- er, no, Sonic, actually, wonders, hey, what happened to the our buddy Tails? Right then and there, another portal opens, a hooded figure flies in, uh, knocks a- knocks a mogul around a bit, punches him right in the jaw, then the hooded figure is unmasked, and we see it to be Tails, in a super form, dubbed Turbo Tails. So, upon seeing Turbo Tails- Knuckles is amazed. Quote, I didn't even know the kid had it in. And then Mogul uh, talks about the Chosen One prophecy. Quote, prophesies from even before my birth from the Ancient Walkers. Looking from afar, Athar sees the combat where Mogul says, these three are destined to be these era's champions, especially Tails. Hey, if he's the Chosen One, he's the Chosen One. Who am I to argue with prophecy? Uh, Mogul repels them, saying that with the power of 12 Chaos Emeralds, he is like that of a god. And unlike Dimitri, I have mastered Chaos Energy. And Tails saying, hey, funny you should mention uh Dimitri, and pulls out the Chaos Siphon, and drains Mogul of his power. Which, I'm gonna stop, let's think about this for a second. This is a cop-out. Like, 100%. You're gonna introduce a superform to one of the focal characters of the series, and, yeah, I get if you want to, like, you know, leave it in the back pocket. You don't want to reveal all the cards. You don't you want to have some surprises, but you're going to have them in a super form and just come out and just like, hey, here's some ancient echidna technology to drain you of your power and solve the problem. Like, that's a little weak, in my opinion.
0: Um, because this wasn't foreshadowed in these comics. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure this obviously existed beforehand, but why does Tails have it? How does it? Why does he know to use it?
1: He just grabbed it. Um, I don't know how he knows how to use it. Maybe, uh, maybe Ather whispered sweet nothings in his ear. But
0: maybe. But if you're gonna give Tails this form, you know, let him do something. And then it's just, I don't know. We'll just we'll just take this guy's powers away. We can't like actually solve this problem with
1: as the as Mogul is being drained of his chaos powers, everyone stuck is now freed. Locke is watching from his monitors, with Locke's dad wondering, "Hey." If they wouldn't have shown up, when would you have intervened? Because, you know, Knuckles was gone for, like, a good moment, and you were still just sitting here watching, like, What's up, man? What are you doing? What game are you playing at? Which, again, very fair.
0: You know, you'd think he would have joined in after Knuckles and then got teleported away, you know, so somebody was doing something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't like Locke. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, can I comment on something for a minute? Because something's been bothering me for a little while now. Go, 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 go. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hear all these Echidna names. You know, like Locke, Julie C, Sue. Why is he just called Knuckles? Like, obviously, besides the games, where why well, Knuckles just feels wrong. Now.
1: Uh, I can tell you this. Uh, Ken Penders was definitely inspired when it came to the Echidna names. I can't, the echidna names, or the male echidna names, I should say, are like normal names, not really, but they're names. But with the female echidna names, they're all hyphenated, like they're Kryptonians. Like Julie Sue, Laura Lee, for example.
0: It, it's just one of those things where it's been bothering me, because it's like, you know, you get all these names, you get the normal names, you get the weird names, and then there's Knuckles.
1: Yeah, he stands out like a sore thumb. It's almost like, uh... Ken Penders uh, is using these comics as a medium to tell his own stories and is kind of disregarding the fact that this is a licensed comic book based off a video game character for children. Anyway, Mogul uh, blasts into the ground seeking the Floating Island's Chaos Emerald Chamber. Guess 12 isn't enough. He wants 13. He finds it with Tail's following, intending to yet again suck the power out. But something else happens. Cut to Echidnopolis. The Freedom Fighters and Knuckles are just talking over right then. And uh right then and there, an Echidna officer comes in with some kind of a rap and unveils to Knuckles the real true Sword of Acorns. I guess Mogul dropped it. I guess? Knuckles escorts the Freedom Fighters back to their plane. Uh Knuckles talks to Sonic about, you know... We started off a little rough, you know, I wouldn't even go as far as to call you a friend, but, you know, you're you're not that bad, so far. We're, we, we can work this out. Just don't come on my island without permission.
0: I find that comment of them not being friends a little bit weird, considering that stupid, uh, handshake they had from last episode. They're friends, you just don't want to admit it.
1: I mean, sure, you can say that. I also think of it just as, like, Knuckles being antisocial.
0: Oh, he's definitely antisocial.
1: Now Knuckles is like, you know, now I have to rebuild and repair a society. Sonic says, you know, Robotnik may be gone, but his sub-bosses aren't. His boys aren't gone. Which is um, a little little bit of a hint. A little bit of a hint to a future arc. About Mogul. The energy disruption that was caused by the Chaos Siphon caused the two Chaos Emeralds that were uh, of uh, Mogul and uh, the Floating Islands Chaos Emerald to merge into one with Mogul being trapped in what Knuckles described as, quote, one giant chaos emerald with the power of 14 and Mogul's life force in the center. By the way, Mogul is crystallized in what we now come to understand as the Master Emerald.
0: It was gonna say, Can't we just call this the Master Emerald?
1: Yes, that is exactly what it is. We've done it. We finally found it. We finally got the Master Emerald in, what was it? Knuckles was introduced in issue 13, this is 56, uh, quick maths. 43 issues. That's how long it took. We did it. Knuckles finally has what he's supposed to protect. (laughs) Sonic leaves in the plane, and uh, while they're leaving the floating island, he's talking to Tails about how, hey, buddy, I have an idea. I want you to come with me on a a little adventure I want to have. And that's where we'll leave Sonic number 56 off on. Before we continue further, I want to stop... in the pre-show that you can get for $5 on patreon.com slash we talked a little bit about uh, one aspect of this arc. We talked about how this is a trilogy, uh, the Knuckles 7 to 9, but the story continues on in Sonic 56, in the main issues. If you were to just only have a subscription to these Sonic comics, just the main series, you'd be completely lost. You'd have no idea what's going on. Why are Sonic and Tails on this asteroid?
0: Why is Mammoth Mogul there? Who's Dimitri? (laughs) Was Mammoth Mogul a villain in a previous issue, or is this his first appearance?
1: This is not his first appearance. He was in a super... He was first in Sonic Super Special number one. So you know what? He may as well have been a first appearance as far as some issues were. I was going
0: to say, this is a villain that was introduced as special, brought back for the Knuckles story... And then we have one issue of him in the main line. We we, we talked about it. And, like, you can enjoy the comic by itself. But, like, if you're actually following the story, you're going to be super lost.
1: Yeah, I kind of... How do I put it? I kind of respect the brazenness of it. But, uh, you're right, Jackal, in saying that this is a lot like, uh, how comic book industry... It's a lot... It's very hard to follow consistent stories just because in instances like this where they're cutting apart, uh... What's the word? They are cutting apart the story, putting it across several comics, and just kind of hoping that the reader will be following along.
0: Like I don't, I don't read comics. I mentioned this in the previous show, but like the t- amount of times I hear about stuff like this, uh, specifically with the Clone Saga of Spider-Man, is this kind of stuff that turns me off from comics? And like, while this isn't the worst, that's still pretty obnoxious.
1: Oh no, yeah, you're you're absolutely correct. That's fair. So, uh, without further ado. We're going to get into a big issue. Sonic Super Special number four, Return of the King. Three guesses as to what happens in this comic, Jackal.
0: Uh, Sonic fights the Black Knight, and we get some really good music out of it.
1: God, I wish.
0: When I first saw this cover, I'm like, all right, time for me to start blaring Night of the Wind.
1: We have two stories to work with. The first one is called, uh, oh man, would you look at that, Return of the King, written by Carl Bollers, art by Maxwell. So, we open... On a face ship, flying toward the Citadel, the king coming down right as the Freedom Fighters are coming back from the floating island. The king welcomes them and says, hey guys, uh, listen, I changed my mind about dismantling all the Robians. Uh, I was in a heated... I had a little bit of a heated gamer moment. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was wrong of me. Uh, They are living creatures. They have souls, thoughts, minds, blah blah, all that stuff. I'll let them live. Including... uh, Well, actually... The Freedom Fighters, which include Jeffrey and Sonic, arguing, is that really a good idea? Their programming might still be intact. Which, I'm gonna stop right there. I, for the record, that was Sonic, direct quote, is it a good idea since their programming might still be intact? Sonic would not fucking say that. His parents and his uncle are both Robians. I have no fucking idea What possessed Carl Bowlers to think, yeah, that's a natural thing that Sonic would think of. Why, in the love of God, would Sonic think, no, yeah, dismantle my parents and my uncle, yeah, I'm perfectly fine with that, yes, absolutely. No, absolutely not, especially in the last super special where Sonic was devastated at the fact that his parents were still alive and Uncle Chuck kept it a secret about them. He clearly has strong feelings about them, and he really just goes in just like, yeah, dismantle them, yeah, whatever, I, I don't care. Whatever.
0: Probably you should do it. You probably should do it! Alright, I'm not gonna lie, when well, we started tonight, I wasn't expecting this much heat, but I understand. But also, like, I'm, I'm 100% with you there. Like, Knuckles, the not Knuckles, sorry, Sonic might have been mad that, you know, his uncle's been li- not lying to him, but not ever telling him the truth about his parents. You know, he wishes he could have, like, known that this was the thing. He wouldn't want them dead. This is not Sonic. This is not Sonic from any continuity. No. What the hell is this?
1: I mean, Sonic as a character, yeah, he is a bit of a, a little bit of a Maybe at worst a dick, but he's not like contemptuous over the concept of life. Like this goes right in the face of like Sonic as a
0: character. That that felt more. This feels more like maybe Shadow the Hedgehog Shadow, but like mm, I wouldn't even go that far. Dark Dark Side Shadow the Hedgehog Shadow at worst.
1: <sighs> well. Even the king is shocked to what Sonic is saying. Basically repeats my arguments. It was just like, whoa, hey, Sonic, like, your family are Robians. What are you saying? And Sonic replies, you see, I can't even re- trust my uncle because he lied about my parents. Even though they reconciled over it, Sonic still can't get over it. It is disgraceful. i It's disgraceful. I have no words. Sally also pointed out that the King originally denied the petition to have the Robians live in knothole for the time being, but uh right then and there the King's personality flips on a dime, he's now fully crystallized, and then mobilizes the troops to have them round up and dismantle robians that This happens like within like several panels of each other. this just happens immediately. if this is jarring to you, it is. <laughs>
0: No, I I was... I'm still confused, but I was definitely confused in my first read-through. I'm like, wait, why is Sonic acting like this? Why is the king acting like this? Oh, why is the king back acting like this?
1: A, a while later, the Freedom Fighters are flying over Mobitropolis right as an engine gives out and they crash land. Troops nearby are demanding that they go inside. Sally, you know, as the princess, tries to get their attention, but they're ignored. Sonic catches one in a whirlwind and Sally interrogates him pointing out that the only reason that they, the the soldier argues the only reason that they got to this point is just because the Robians weren't cooperating. Cooperating with what? That's a very good question. Anyway, a nearby explosion shakes them off, but the freedom fighters and the soldier go into a nearby abandoned building and are cornered by Robians, including Uncle Chuck, who's leading them. Chuck orders everyone to stand down, but they all insist to shoot, quote, not wanting to miss this chance. Keep in mind, they're they're pointing a gun at his nephew, like, you know, just,
0: maybe just... Did everybody take asshole pills before this issue was written?
1: I guess so. I, I guess so. However, Sonic decides to take out all the Robians at once, talks to Chuck, just saying, Look, listen, I don't like what's going on, but can we please not let lies come between us? We're family. Which, again, hard dime shift to what Sonic was saying earlier about, I can't trust my uncle. No, he lied to me about my parents, and now here he is extending an olive branch. What's going on? It it, it feels like two different people were writing this at two different times.
0: Uh, I remember seeing something, cause cause uh, Sally points out like, why would Sonic say, you know, why would he you know fight to liberate them but then dismantle them? I feel like it, it feels like something's missing. Well, like
1: uh, to put it more into perspective, yeah, they were fighting to liberate the Robians. But it kind of happened by accident. The Ultimate Annihilator going off just conveniently gave all the Robians their free will back. Because originally the plan was, we're just going to mass de-roboticize everybody.
0: But they can't do that, now the roboticizer is broken. Yeah, the other thing I'm... I, I had to scroll back a couple pages. Rotor. He he mentions that, how could we have told the King to do this while we were on the floating island? Were, were there duplicates that we missed? Because I'm, I'm thinking that wasn't the real Sonic. I think, like, there were duplicates involved, but they looked too real for that to be duplicates
1: you know I'm glad that's where your head is at because I'm pretty sure that happens at some point in this comic in some capacity okay so the answer by the way is no this is just very weird writing and seems very uh, inarchate or archaic timeline is off is what I'm trying to say Sonic extends this olive branch but uh, right as uh, Sonic reaches out to take Chuck's hand wanting to work together right then and there The soldier that they brought back with them shoots at Chuck, seemingly killing him. Like, we see smoke coming out of his eyes and mouth holes. Like, it's actually kind of gruesome if you think about it. The man's been killed in cold blood. Ah, but he's a robot, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, but the man's dead. (laughs) For kids. For kids. He's dead for kids. So Sonic, like, trips the soldier and points
0: the swords of acorns at him. Obviously pissed. His
1: his uncle's now
0: dead. I honestly thought Sonic might like consider killing this kid. I know it's a kid's comic and I shouldn't have thought that, but my God. No, you're right. Like Sonic had the sword pointed at his
1: throat. Like it looked like just inches away from just like thrusting into him. But Sally is like pleading with him like Sonic, Sonic, stop, 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 please. Right at that moment as well, Sonic's mom and dad call out for him. And they're just saying, Sonic, please don't do this. His dad saying, quote, don't become what you fought against, you'll become no better than Robotnik. Which, you know what? That's that's some heavy stuff. That really is. Right then and there, a flash of light coming out from the tip of the sword. Sonic loses balance, but Uncle Chuck just happens to come back to life. The soldier that with the sword was pointing at claims he has no idea what's going on, he doesn't even know where he is, the last thing he remembered was Sally coming back to the castle. So she's wondering, is someone controlling the situation? Sonic stops and ponders. Maybe it's a certain wizard of great power. They return to the citadel, calling out for Nagus, and Sonic suspects that he's masterminding the situation, right out. Walking the crystallized king, revealing that Nagus's will overtook the king and will rule Mobotropolis in this form. Sonic pulls out the sword of acorns, and in a flash of light. Nagus is running away to a higher floor with the freedom fighters chasing after him. Uh, they're at this, uh, rooftop, right at this balcony. Sonic following Nagus, he stops and says, Listen, one step closer, and I'm jumping and I'm killing the king's body. Sonic just basically calls him on his bluff and says, You're a wimp. You, this sword is weakening your power and you don't want to admit it. To which Nagus's only response is, is jumping off the roof. Sonic then leaps after him. And in another flash of light wakes up and is helped by the king. He's still crystallized, but his free will has been restored from Nagus. By the way, this happened sequentially one, two, three pages. The pacing in these comics go
0: really fast and I you know and, and here's what bothers me about that in this one specifically. This is a special we the, the second the second half of this probably didn't need to be here. We could have flesh, fleshed out this storyline more.
1: That's very true, actually, now that you mentioned that. We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, to finish everything off, uh, Sally is just happy that her dad is fine, you know, disregarding the fact that his skin is still crystallized. And they see the sword of acorns, you know, stuck in a nearby stone like Caliburn. Uh, We have civilians trying to pull out the sword with no avail. But then the king jumps in, takes the sword, pulls it out of the ground. And in another flash of light, his skin is restored. The king fully healed. And that is the return of the king concluded.
0: I'm beginning to think the sword just kind of does whatever the hell it wants.
1: I mean, it's the sword of acorns. What, what does it need to do? Eh, good good question. We'll just let it do whatever we need it to do right now. We have a secondary story to cover. A secondary story to cover. Down and Out and Down Under. Written by Mike Gallagher. Art by Nelson Ortega. Basically, this is just a story that's like fleshing out one of the moments from Endgame. Uh, You remember the scene where Antoine and Bunny were escaping from the the prison in Down Under? Basically, they're just fleshing out the details of that a little bit more, saying they just staged a breakout with the Down Under Freedom Fighters, she used uh Bunny used her robot limbs to break out of their cells, reunite the Down under Freedom Fighters, they're fighting combots. Bunny and Antoine leave them to get on a leaving ship and uh ultimately find out about the Ultimate Annihilator. And also the nuclear reactor that destroyed the Ultimate Annihilator, they got it from a combat that they broke on the ship. That's it. That that's that's literally it. Nothing more to say.
0: I'm glad because I, I I I've been writing notes as I've alluded to before. Uh story two. Is that Doctor Doom? Because one of them reminded of Dr. Doom, and it's like, oh, this was just a story. Oh, no, nothing of value here.
1: This is just a robot that we have to see. And also, uh, the story ends with them getting a postcard from the Down Under Freedom Fighters saying crock was defeated and the, the continent was liberated. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Congrats. Yeah. woohoo. hoo
0: The fact... I can't get over the fact that it's, that it's called Down Under.
1: Oh, you're not the only one. In fact, <laughs> I, in an earlier episode where I had some uh, some of my friends on, they thought I was like putting on the accent. Calling it Down Under, (laughs) like an Australian... It sounds like it. Yeah, that's the point.
0: It's such a ridiculous name. Like, it... It it makes sense, but it's funny.
1: It's silly is what it is. Yeah. We now move on to another Sonic Super Special, but this is no mere Super Special. This is a very Super Special comic. Sonic Super Special number 7, The Image Comics Crossover. Now, I want to, before we get into it, I need to stop. I want to point something out. Jackal, when you think of Sonic the Hedgehog and any potential crossovers,
0: where would you think image comic characters would be on that list? Pretty low. Like, even like even ignoring video game crossovers. You know, if you're going to crossover Sonic with anybody, it'd probably be, like, Archie, maybe. Uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Something like that. Uh not image comics, not these chins,
1: yeah, the art being done like for the record the the story or the the story and art were both done by Ken Penders I've already knocked on the guy's art enough, but like he draws the image comic characters, like he has to draw them in a more cartoony art style to fit with Sonic, but man, they just look goofy,
0: like I'm looking at this cover, and like the sonic characters they look they look fine nothing nothing weird about them these chins from the image comic characters spawn in particular being the only one I like really recognize that that, it feels so wrong. Yeah. I I, I
1: was thinking about it as I was taking notes. I was like, Uh, for the record, I'm just going to lay it all out on the table here. The only reason this crossover happened is because Ken Penders also worked at image comics. So we had connections where he, he knew who he could say yes to about this really like, let's be honest here. The, if, if the fans of Sonic and, uh, Image Comics were a Venn diagram, they wouldn't be a Venn diagram. They're two completely separate circles.
0: Yeah, cause like, I, I've mentioned this in the pre show. As I'm taking notes, I'm like, I have no idea what the hell's going on. I know Spawn, kind of. I recognize the Max. I don't know these characters. I have no idea what's going on in this plot. Who are these people? Why are we here? And you know what? That's not even the
1: worst of it. So, without stalling anymore, let's just get into into uh, the, the proper story here. Parallel Paradigm, written in art, art and story by Ken Penders. We open. Uh, someone, a real human woman by the name of Particle, claims to have used a device called the Vibrational Tuner to travel to a parallel universe. She lands on Mobius, right in front of Sonic and the Freedom Fighters. She doesn't know that the Freedom Fighters see her, and uh, <clears throat> they're planning to jump her. She does notice them, though, and uses the tuner to stun the Freedom Fighters, knocking them out cold. She then goes back to her original mission to find the energy source she originally detected on the floating island, the Chaos Emerald. She goes there, finds the chamber. Knuckles sees her and is just like, hey, who are you and what are you doing here? Uh, Particle is just like, hey... I come in peace, blah, blah. In my culture, we shake hands to show, uh, you know, to show that we mean no harm and we're acting in good faith. Knuckles is like, okay, but I hope you leave this time. And, uh, Particle, uh, touches Knuckles' arm and knocks him out cold as a result. It's not explained, but that's kind of her, like, power. Her power is, like, messing with people's, uh, Wavelengths, I think, is the best way I can put it for now.
0: I, I honestly, because I didn't realize that, I thought she had, like, a shock collar or, like, like something to shock him on, his, on her hand. See, that's all like, that,
1: That's a reasonable guess. It really is, but no.
0: Like, like, she's the Joker with one of his
1: buzzers. See, but it has to be more complicated than that. It can't just be simple. No. So, knocked out. She uses the tuner to transport herself and the Chaos Emerald, saying, quote, The doctor will figure out how it works. Now we have shift back to reality. Particle is being investigated by two human agents by the name of Scolder and Mully. Now listen, to any of you boomers in the
0: audience, yes, this is supposed to be a parody of uh, the X-Files. I didn't catch that until you actually said their names out loud. And I've not even seen X-Coms but I recognize, or not X-C- X-Files that I recognize those names.
1: By the way, these are not like one-off characters. They come back in this comic and I'll
0: explain more.
1: She asks to go use the bathroom. Scolder touches her and is knocked out. Same goes for Molly. So, they let, they eventually, particle escapes. After a while, the two wake up. They have no idea what happened or how they got knocked out. Scolder finds a business card on the ground. They go to the address and find an electronic repair shop. They ask the owner, uh, where were you were this past weekend, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I don't know where I was. I was, or er, I was here the whole weekend, but, uh, maybe my son, uh, can help you out. They bring him to the back of the shop to see his uh, son, Eddie. And Skulder and Mully ask him not only about what happened, quote, at the Lucas Air Force Base, they say that they have uh, pictures of CCTV of the image hero Shadowhawk. And Eddie, and Eddie just stops and is like, okay, listen, Here, here's the story. We flashback again. I'm on the way home from a basketball game, and I saw a flash of light coming from an alley. He turns over to see Sonic and the Freedom Fighters with Spawn, with the former group asking where they are. And also, Eddie points out that it's Halloween, so he thinks that all the Freedom Fighters are just costumes. And also, by the way, they're on the real world, and like, the actual reality. The world where Sonic and his friends are video game characters. I just need to stress that out for you guys, okay?
0: I'm still taking it all in. I've read this comic, and I'm still taking it all in.
1: Yeah, I... Just, like, if you're stopping and starting this podcast, you're gonna need to do that right now. Like, don't take this all in at once. You'll go crazy. By the way, Spawn is literally only there for, like, one page, less than that, because Spawn basically goes, like, I don't have time for this, and goes away.
0: He's the smartest character in the comic.
1: He does not show up for the rest of this comic, by the way. Uh, Eddie then approaches the Mobians... He's still thinking they're in costumes. It's like, hey, hey, guys, like, I love the costumes. Saying, quote, I've played the games and watched the Saturday morning cartoon.
0: This is painful, I'm not going to lie. I don't like this at all. <laughs> no, I, I did not enjoy that either. Also, on the, on the same page, look at Sonic's face in that right panel with Knuckles.
1: Speaking of faces, uh, hold that thought. Oh, no. <laughs> Sally interrupts, saying that they need to find the Chaos Emerald they're looking for immediately... Uh, and which Eddie is just like, whoa, wait, what are you talking about? You guys are just costumes. Oh, Chaos em- Oh, you're the real, you're the real people, aren't you? You're, you're for real. Oh, God. Okay, I'll help you out. I'll help you find the Chaos Emeralds. Eddie asks how they're there. Knuckles cuts in asking, why? He talks about how he was knocked out of the Chaos Emerald chamber only to be awoken by a rush of water. He flies out only to see the floating island sinking into the ocean. So, in other words, the Master Emerald is gone.
0: I only just thought about this. Kinopolis is still on the floating island again, right? Yep. People are probably drowning right now, right?
1: Probably. So Sally carries the story on by saying, uh, Knuckles asked the Freedom Fighters for help to find the Chaos Emerald, to which Nicole reports that uh, there were no signs of the Emerald on Mobius, and they have to go now
0: to the Cosmic Interstate. This This keeps coming back. They keep using this goddamn concept.
1: Especially when it was only introduced... I don't want to say as a joke, but it was introduced uh, flippantly, let's put it. Rotor then unveils a new transporter, which he found abandoned to travel to the interstate. They don't know what it is. They think it's Robotnik tech, but it works, and that's all that he cares for. So they're traveling through the interstate, and they land on the Image Comics Earth, where energy is strongest. So Sally uh, explains to Eddie, the Chaos Emerald is somewhere nearby. And offers to join to help them, but right then and there there's there's some really weird art of Eddie I'm
0: glad you said something. I was going to be upset if you didn't say something
1: really the, the really weird art of like Sally and Eddie looking at each other with I can only describe as bedroom eyes it is the it is I've seen uncomfortable art in this comic so far, and my God does this take the case. Ken Penders you've done it again, Bravo.
0: I don't want to say Ken Penders is the horniest Sonic Rider, but he's definitely up there.
1: I don't want to think that. Please don't make me think that. (laughs) Eddie puts on his disguise as Shadowhawk and uh, rides to find the Chaos Emerald, uh, with Nicole serving as the GPS layout of the city. They uh, drive through Grand Central Station, and when I say drive-through, I mean drive-through. Little portal opens and they warp from the outside to the inside. Uh, with uh, another Image Comics hero, Sha- Savage Dragon, working as a security card there and chasing after them. And uh, I also point out, uh, Savage Dragon not looking great in Ken Pender's art style. Another mark against him. Sorry, man.
0: That, that chin. This man just puts giant chins. Everybody's the crimson chin.
1: So uh, he's firing at them, uh, Savage Dragon is, with Shadowhawk jumping out and telling him, Hey, cool it. Right as the car transforms in front of them, as another image hero, Union, walks in, literally just asking if he can help, and is able to fly with Shadowhawk and Dragon. Meanwhile, the Freedom Fighters have boarded a train nearby, uh, as, because that's where the Chaos Emerald is, according to Nicole. They encounter the Doctor that Particle was referring to. Uh, saying that Knuckles would, uh, come for, quote, the Master Chaos Emerald. This is kind of how they refer to the Master Emerald as now, but from here on out, it's called the Master Emerald, just, just so you know. Okay. Knuckles just stops and is like, wait, hold on a minute, do I, do I know you? The Doctor says, yes, I do, but that's in the future, and claims Sonic lucked out from their past encounter. Again. What? Put a pin in this, I'll get to it, I promise. Shadowhawk, Dragon, and Union are tearing into the train ceiling and peer down, with the Doctor commanding his uh Mandroids, which are basically just SWAT bots. They they they're they're SWAT bots. To attack. Union hits the Master Emerald with an energy blast, which triggers a portal to open to another planet, traking the whole train and everybody inside with them. Everyone's being knocked around from the warp as the uh mandroids take the Master Emerald. Along with the doctor. He says, phase one is complete. And, direct quote, there will soon be a crisis on infinite realities, leaving only one mine. I get that reference. I don't like it either. <laughs> uh, Ken, you're very bold. You're very bold in referencing something like that. But you know what? You're inspired. I, I respect that, I I guess. The Doctor brings in the Freedom Fighters and the Image Heroes, all unconscious, along with the Master Emerald, and Particle, who he directs to her saying her work is far from over. She then goes down into the dungeon, and by the way, in this dungeon you can see shadows of Spider-Man, Batman, and Popeye. Why Popeye for the last one? Good question, but it's a cameo. It's for fun. It's all for fun. I'm having fun. Are you... Are you really? I am having fun. That's what I tell myself every day in the mirror. All right. So Particle uh, opens up a chamber in this dungeon and finds her sister, Anita. Meanwhile, the doctor has a box presented to him by a mandroid saying, Hey, man, I'm hearing some noises in here. I don't know what's going on here. To which uh, Max, another image hero, pops out and just fights everyone without question, with Union jumping in to, to join the fight. And you know what? The, the man just... Max just, like, shoots first, asks questions later. I kind of respect that. He doesn't know what's going on. Are they friend or foe? I don't know. I'm trapped in this box. I'm swinging. I'm swinging.
0: You know, you're, you're trapped in a cardboard box. Chances are, you're probably not around, friends. Might as well punch.
1: Union begins to break free all the all the prisoners, including the Freedom Fighters and another image hero, Velocity, who, uh... If you don't know, she basically has the powers as the Flash.
0: Yeah, should have figured.
1: Yeah. So, Velocity and Sonic, using their speeds, distract the Doctor, trying to get their hands on the Master Emerald. But the Doctor then stops him and says, quote, I've studied the Chaos Force for years and have created this remote-controlled device to manipulate it. And by shooting a beam from the remote control at the Master Emerald... The doctor has manipulated reality by placing everyone in Central Park and ro- and overlaying Robotropolis on top of it. And By the way, th- this is like the actual real Central Park, by the way. You see like humans just going about minding their business right as they see the city turn into like a desolate wasteland. And I don't mean New York City, I mean Robotropolis. <laughs>
0: How is this the most incomprehensible comic we've we've talked about so far? Like at least in the episodes I've been on.
1: You know, that is saying something. I'm I'm legitimately inclined to agree with you on that. Just because I'm the one that's been reading all these comics consistently. Yes, this is the most uh incoherent.
0: Like go back to the knuckle stuff where you were just jumping all over the place. I could follow that better than this.
1: You know? True. True.
0: I'm sorry, Ken. I should have I should have enjoyed what I had.
1: We were fools. We truly were fools. (laughs) Knuckles uh, then tries to solve the issue by tapping into the Master Emerald and his guardian powers properly for the first time. The doctor realizes what he's trying to do and sticks his Mandroids on Knuckles with the freedom fighters and the image heroes just working to fight them off. Knuckles is struggling to connect to the Master Emerald, but is interrupted by a projection of his father saying, Knuckles... Do not squander this gift I have given to you. This is what you were born for. Quote, I have given you power beyond that of any guardian. To which a projection of Dimitri interrupts saying that, No, Knuckles, your destiny is to rule the universe. And with your master emerald powers, you can shape reality as you want. And Locke cuts in saying, quote, Only you can make the choice whether to properly use or squander the gift I gave you. And then Knuckles responds by just saying, what choice do I have but to listen to my father? Now, I just have problems with the wording on that issue. Like, there's something I'm not talking about with Ken Penders that something that I think will be more reasonable to talk about way later on. Ken's sort of parenting philosophy is that ultimately, no matter how bad they may act towards you, the parents do love you and they only want what's best for you. And he is sort of projecting that philosophy into his writing. Which, you know, I don't, I don't think that's a wrong way to go about doing this. I just kind of think this might not be the place for it. Especially when this, when Locke is not really like a nuanced character. Like, let's be real, he kind of isn't the best. He's not the best dad. He saw his son be warped away by a megalomaniacal villain and did nothing to stop it. Like, let's put this into perspective
0: here. This, considering the timeline of everything, I assume, you know, this. we haven't missed anything between then and now. This does feel kind of weird. Uh, especially, as, doesn't Knuckle have beef with his dad because of just the things his dad has been telling him?
1: Not yet, let's put it.
0: Okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying to listen to Dimitri. That would have been the wrong movie.
1: I mean, to be perfectly honest... I just have a problem with this scene in particular, I just think this is inappropriate, this isn't the time for this, this isn't the time for Knuckles to have this like, oh another, you know, internal battle between the, the pulling of good and evil against him, like, the man is being attacked, like, you know, maybe you can say, oh he's just under a lot of stress and this is how his stress is manifesting, alright, I'll buy that argument, but I'm just saying that like, character wise, no, not character wise, situationally this isn't really the time for this this is not the time for knuckles to have a weird internal dialogue just do it
0: so i am gonna say this i've dunked on the art style in this comic a lot like this specific one i like this shot i don't know why but i like this shot a lot
1: the shot of knuckles warping reality saying quote all i want is my world restored to me yes that's a very good shot I, you,
0: you did one good, Ken.
1: It's, it's legitimately good. I appreciate it. I do yeah. like it a lot. The Freedom Fighters are gone. The Image heroes are all that's left. And they just, like, leave the area. They just they just left. Eddie finishes his story to Skulder and Mully. Saying that his dad did not know where he went. He thought that he dreamt the story up. Because everything that happened was just, like, gone. And, in fact, he thought that he made it up until uh, they started asking him about it. The scene ends. The two agents are leaving and end up dismissing the story as, quote, a kid with an overactive imagination with too many comic books and video games for his own good. And man, oh man, Ken Penders, you are not sly with that line. No. Skulder does say that it corroborates the story that Particle told them for for what it's worth. Back on Mobius, the Freedom Fighters are continuing the rebuilding efforts, saying that, you know... This is a lot harder task than I thought it would be, but, uh, Sally says, uh, it would be a lot easier if Sonic and Tails were still here. And we see just one panel of, uh, Sonic and Tails on, uh, the biplane, which we'll get into in a second. Knuckles is then also shown checking in on the Master Emerald, all is well on the floating island. The last panel, we finish up with, uh, Skulder and Mully talking about the events. Mully saying, you know... I find this all this hard to believe, and you know what? I'm rationalizing by saying, quote, it was mass hallucination brought on by microwave during a solar eclipse. There was no solar eclipse during the event of this comic.
0: You know what, though? That's a better explanation than anything else that happened in this comic. We can forget it happened.
1: Mulder finishes by typing up a report, essentially ending with, you know, the tagline of the X-Files, the truth is out there. Subtle. And in fact, it even ends with the comic being dedicated to Chris. I made this, Carter, the creator of the X Files. Ken, what? I I have no words for you. Like, what? What was the point of this? Like, okay, like you wanted to have a little cute homage to the X Files. I don't believe it's a good show. It's a good show. It's fun. It's fine. But like, you didn't need to go this far. You really didn't.
0: And yet here we are. He did. He's like, oh, all right, I get, I get a chance. I can do Image Comics and Sonic. It's missing something.
1: The X-Files! X-Files. Yes. Let's
0: go! And then he snorts another round.
1: That's the end of this comic. However, I have two final point uh, things to point out. The Doctor, the main antagonist, uh, went unnamed during this, this uh, comic. But in the credits... He's n- labeled as Dr. Ian Droid, who was meant to be the main villain of a scrapped Archie Sonic arc called Knuckles 20 Years Later. Now, you're probably thinking, wait a minute, what about Mobius 25 Years Later? Isn't isn't that the meme? Yes, that's what became of Knuckles 20 Years Later. Dr. Ian Droid was nowhere to be found, though. And, uh, yeah, that's that's all I got to say on that.
0: Maybe don't set up your villain in the crossover comic.
1: And uh, speaking of which, uh, along with uh, Dr. Ian Droid, Particle was actually a central character in another of Ken Penders' comic called The Lost Ones, which, folks, you'll be glad to know, lasted a staggering, hard-heartingly one issue. (laughs)
0: I knew that's what you were going to say, just with all that build-up, and I'm still disappointed. It
1: lasted a single issue. And,
0: uh, you know, bold on Ken
1: Pender's move to have his own original characters be introduced in a Sonic the Hedgehog comic to say, Hey, by the way, if you like these fantastic characters, which are oh so great, why don't you check out my original comic book, The Lost Ones? More like The Lost One. (laughs) Ha ha ha! Got him! But yeah, if anybody has an issue, uh, or if anybody has a copy of Lost Ones, please DM me. I am willing to buy it off you. This is a serious offer. I need to see that for myself. Because honestly, I've been looking for it. I haven't seen it anywhere on eBay. Amazon has a listing for it. So it definitely was sold at some point. But I'm telling you, listener... If you have this comic, DM me, Twitter, YouTube, I don't care. I want to buy it off of you. This is a serious offer.
0: I know a local uh, comic store near me, so if I happen to swing by there, I'll, ch- I'll look for it for you as well.
1: Listen, I will be legitimately impressed if it's there. Like, I will be legitimately impressed.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I just it's one of those, eh, might as well look.
1: So, we have one more comic to end off on. As if that headache wasn't enough, I'm not ending there. We will be uh, finishing off with Sonic the Hedgehog number 57, written by Cara Bowlers and uh, art by Art Mawinney. For the record, this comic is eventually just, it's a basically the recap episode. We open with the Freedom Fighters, they're seeing Sonic and Tails off, who are beginning on a journey to find Nogus across Mobius. Rotor runs in to give a gift to Sonic, a device he found in Robotnik's lab saying that, according to the notes, it can be used to see the future. Uh, Chuck warns them, hey, you know, you might want to be careful with that. Like, it's robotnik tech and all. Like, you might just be smart about this. Sally tries to argue the same thing to Sonic to stop him from using it, but Sonic is just all like, hey, maybe we can use this to find where Nogas is and save us all the trouble. Sally just is like, all right, fine, have it your way. Very uh, reasonable thing to say to your dear friend, and love interest from using potentially dangerous tech from the enemy.
0: Hello again, Amy.
1: Hello, Amy. We're always I glad only, I, I,
0: I, I only point her out because she's only appeared in backgrounds and has not participated at all.
1: Yeah, you know what? Someone needs to appreciate her, and I'm glad it's you,
0: Jackal. I like classic Amy's design. What of it?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's reasonable. This machine that they got actually is not a future projector. It's actually a memory projector, and... You know how I said that this, uh, comic is the recap episode? We're going through the highlight reels, baby. So, we're seeing, uh, in a very weird, I guess the coloring, I'd call it gold scale.
0: Yeah, I I didn't like this. I did not like this gold scale.
1: So, we're seeing flashbacks of different stories that we've, uh, caught up to. Buckle up, kids. We're gonna go down memory lane. We see the Kredzu invading, uh, a knot hole. Robert disguising himself as Robotnik to stop a bomb. They saved and rescued Bunny. They dealt with the Universe Salamander. They met the Neebs. They encountered the Anti Freedom Fighters. They met Knuckles. Sonic was sent back in time. They stopped Robotnik from roboticizing the planet the first time. Tails becomes a super genius from eating an apple off Rotor's tree of knowledge. They get Nicole, fighting Robo Robotnik in the giant Borg, fighting the anti freedom fighters off Mobius, fighting Metal Sonic. Sonic losing his memory and being tricked to fight on Robotnik's size. Sally getting roboticized. Sonic and Knuckles fighting each other in their super states. Saving Uncle Chuck. Sonic getting his billionth ring. Finding out the king is alive in the zone of silence. Sonic being roboticized and Knuckles having to fight him off. Getting de-roboticized and accused of treason. Saving the king from the zone of silence but not really. Getting into the death egg and fighting Silver Sonic. Freeing the king from his coma. Fighting off anti-Sonic and anti-Knuckles. The events of Endgame in defeating Robotnik, having to deal with the aftermath in Nagus, meeting Monkey Khan, beating back Mogul, and finally, restoring the King's health. I... I just assaulted you with flashbacks, which is exactly what that comic was. And you know, I'm not even gonna criticize it. That, if they wanted, if that's what they wanted to do, they did it well. Good job. Oh yeah, definitely. It def, but it does definitely feel like a cop out for someone like me who's been following the comics consistently. I-, I mean, in the context of this podcast, of course. But it's just like, oh, it's a recap episode. Well, at least my notes are gonna be easy.
0: I'm, I'm, I noticed just a few things I, that I'm glad they pointed out here, like Monkey Kong, uh, the Noir Universe, uh, Scratch Grounder, and um, I don't remember the monkey's name.
1: Uh, Coconut.
0: Yeah, Coconuts. I'm glad to have seen them. As a concept, this is a good thing to have. I'm glad it's here. I just really didn't like this gold tint over everything.
1: I mean, I see the point that they were doing. They had to distinguish it as a flashback. Could they have just done it in grayscale? Yeah. I guess they just wanted to be a a little spicy. They wanted to add a little bit of a flair to it. The device overloads, and Sonic throws it away, exploding like a little bomb. They then leave to the Skyport in Mobotropolis. Sonic's mom and dad stop him on the way out, telling him, Hey, son, we're proud of everything that you've done. You've, did, you've done the impossible, defeating Robotnik, and now we're back together as a family, and we'll see you soon. Sonic is then stopped by Sally, and uh, they have a little bit of a conversation with Sonic saying, You know, Sally, I think you rule in the best way possible and grass flowers floating about in the air, and essentially is saying, hey, Sally, uh, wait for me when I get back. Which I think is the most romantic Sonic could possibly be.
0: I'm, Yeah, obviously I'm not super big on romance and Sonic. I actually really like this page.
1: Yeah, you know, it's genuine. I feel emotions. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you know right. what? This is a legitimate relationship that I'm seeing between these two characters. Just in general. Like, this feels real. Especially when they're teenagers as well. Teenagers are stupid. They don't know how to communicate. Sally receives a message. She understands what he's trying to say. And they're set off onto Sonic's plane, now dubbed the Winged Victory. Sonic and Tails are flying off and are sent away. Rotor then asks, hey, who's going to take Sonic's place on the Mobitropolis Council? With Sally just saying, yeah, they'll, we'll manage fine. With that comic done, we have now finished the set of comics for the Archie Sonic Digest on this episode. So, Jackal... Any thoughts at this nonsense that we just went through?
0: (laughs) There was a lot of nonsense here. Um, As I mentioned much earlier, I didn't care for how jumpy Ken Pender's writing could be. I didn't enjoy reading the flashback, but I think it ended on a high note. Uh, We talked about it yesterday with, or not yesterday, but uh, last time uh, with Sonic and his character and how him just being there wouldn't gel right. So him and Tails going on this adventure is kind of the perfect, I don't want to say ending for him, but The perfect way for them to treat him now.
1: Yeah, it's a great setup arc. Definitely. I'll mention it once we, like, you know, go to the final. But yeah, we're setting up a new arc here for the comics. As far as the, uh... Let's talk about the elephant in the room here with the Image Comics crossover. Yes, that was madness. Yes, that was extremely stupid. But I'm gonna be completely honest with you folks. A couple months ago, on eBay, I saw the Sonic Super Special number seven being sold for uh twenty-five dollars, also because it included Ken Pender's signature. I didn't buy it, but I'm not gonna lie, I, I kinda wish I did.
0: So part of me wants to say I'm proud of you. On the other hand, like that's you actually might have been able to turn that into good money if somebody likes Ken Penders out there.
1: I mean listen. Look. I don't know about you guys. I As dumb as these comics are, I legitimately enjoy it. Like, of course I am. I'm a Sonic fan. You're giving me Sonic the Hedgehog content. I'm not going to say no to this. But I am going to critique it. And an Image Comics crossover, kind of dumb. Kind of unnecessary. The Return of the King special, Sonic was written very badly. I did not like it at all. He was just starting off basically as a complete dick. Really out of character, saying, yeah, just dismantle my family. Whatever. I don't care. They they did me wrong. They did me dirty. I don't care about them.
0: Yeah, no. There was a, there was a lot of bad here this time more than more than last time, I'd honestly say.
1: Not even funny bad. Just bad. At least the Knuckles comics in the right light funny bad. This was just like a headache. I didn't like it. And also Ken Penders just throwing in his original characters from his own comic for fun. I have no idea how he got that approved. Whether it be from Sega, Image, Archie, who said yes to them putting in Ken Penders' original characters from his own comic in what's basically a form of self-promotion? By the way, patreon.com slash sonicspeed.
0: Gotta shill, gotta shill. But um, on a more serious note, I think the entire Image Comics crossover might kind of... Eh, what's the word? I'm trying to look. That might be the best way to describe Ken Penders' Like everything. Too many people not telling this man no. I think had more people told this man no throughout the comic run, you know, had he had a better editor, um, you know, had the other the rest of the staff, you know, said no to him more, you might have ended up with a better overall product.
1: Yeah, probably. Ken Penders originally had a writing partner. Did you know that?
0: I didn't, actually.
1: Yeah. Uh, Ken Penders' writing partner was by the name of Mike Konterovich. He has since left uh, Archie, and now it's uh, Ken Penders just on his own. No reigns to be had.
0: And that might be the biggest problem. This man needed to be reined in. He needed more focus, I think, is also the big thing. Like I said earlier, this man keeps jumping from... And then we're hanging out with Knuckles. Oh, and then we're hanging out with Dimitri. Oh, hey, now we're hanging out with the Chaotix. Now we're back to Knuckles.
1: I mean, that's kind of part of the problem with the comic as a whole. There's just so many supporting characters. It's hard to keep track of. Like... I don't necessarily think it's Ken Penders' fault when he's working with already established characters, but when he's throwing in new characters to introduce, this isn't necessary, you know? You don't need to have all these characters when you already have others established. Like, I get it, you want to have Knuckles be from a lineage of Guardians, why do they all have to still be alive? Why is Knuckles talking to his seven-times-great-grandfather who served as Guardian 200 years ago and is only being kept alive by Chaos Emerald Magic?
0: People dunk on the Sonic games from the 2000s for having too many of Sonic's friends. Uh, But Knuckles might have more friends and have that problem actually be, be a problem.
1: You see, that's why people don't know about these comics. Because these comics have all the issues of Sonic the Hedgehog turned up to 11. And you know what? I like it. It's funny. It's not funny when you read them, but when you look back on it and you're telling a story, it is very funny. That's the point of this podcast. I hope you're enjoying humor out of my pain.
0: I'm having fun. And you know what? Sometimes that's all that matters.
1: And that's all that matters. And hey, you know what? A great note to end off this episode of the Archie Sonic Digest. Thanks so much for watching. And we'll see you next time on the Sonic the Hedgehog World Tour Arc.
0: Did, they, did we steal from Sonic Unleashed? Is that where we're going?
1: Hey, that's what it's called, man. The World Tour. They're going on a tour. They're seeing Mobius.
0: Let's go. That sounds fun.
1: Goodbye, everybody. See you next time.
0: Goodbye.